I hope you've got your Bible in front of you. I will give you time to grab that Bible and wherever you're using because today we're going to look at James chapter 4. And we're talking about some incredible things as James teaches us how we can be on speaking terms with God. Yes, you heard that right. How can we be on speaking terms with God so that he hears and he responds? Man, as we get into chapter 4 of James, there's such division that James is talking about, which really might relate to where we are as a nation and as churches, as believers. There, there are so many things that we see be, be in conflict over, right? So James goes right after it. The conflict inside the church, the conflict among people is not new to the 21st century. It was happening in the first century. It was happening inside the church. And James had to deal with it. He had to help these early believers understand that they could be on speaking terms with God. So if you have your Bible, we're looking at James chapter 4. We're looking at verses 1 through 10. And we'll discover some great things about it. And some things I believe that you can continue learning from this passage of Scripture. So if you have your Bible, let's look at the first few verses and hear what James has to say. He tells us, he asks this question to begin with, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Man, he goes right after it, right? He goes after this, this division. So obviously the early church was having problems. They were having struggles within themselves. Not different than today. Not different than some of the conflicts that we are having inside of the churches. Not necessarily about the church itself, but all the conflict that seems to be in our nation. And James wants to speak to that to us as believers so that we can be on speaking terms with God. He says, is not this coming from your passions, that war within you. So immediately he says, it's, it's about us, right? It's about our passions and our desires. He's already spoken to that in chapter three, when he talks about our jealousies and our selfish ambitions. But here he gets into it in a greater way because he is focusing our attention on how we are responding to God. How we're praying is gonna be a part of that. How we're responding to what God is speaking and what God is doing. He goes on to say in verse 2, you desire and do not have, you murder, you covet, you cannot contain, so you fight and you quarrel, and you do not have because you do not ask. And then he goes on to say, you ask and you do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Here, James gives us the understanding that we really are speaking and praying to God out of wrong motives. What are these wrong motives? He wants us to be able to think for a bit of time about the motives that we have when we come to prayer. What hinders our praying? We're praying for God to bring renewal in the church. We're, bringing for, we're praying for God to bring renewal in our nation, revival to us, what it means to us. But is God responding? Is God hearing? Of course, he's hearing us. But are we praying with the wrong motives to see the answering of what God is doing? That's what he's speaking to of the church. That's what he's speaking to for us. And what are these wrong motives that he's talking about? Well, I think there's several that he would help us to understand. He's already talked about our selfish ambition and our desires. And he tells us that in this passage, we ask not because these wrong motives are about our passions. It's about what we want. It's about the desires of our own heart. 
So the first thing I would tell us about these wrong motives is it really is about the idols that drive the desires of our hearts. Now, I'm talking about the things that we want, right? I'm talking about the desires to get what we want in life, these desires that are personal. That word that he's talking about, this desire, is the pleasures that we want. Uh, Your translation that you might have might use the word lust, and oftentimes we have one connotation of the word lust. But here in this passage, the, the whole idea of our desires and our passion are about the things that we want in life, what we desire to have around us and he's speaking directly to that he's saying that is what's happening your idols are the desires of your heart and that's what's driving you and that is why you are not hearing God respond in a parallel passage in Mark chapter 10 James and John are asking Jesus if they can sit by his right and the left side. And there's a wrong desire. Their desire is to be seated by Jesus when he is king. The wrong motive of that is they fail to understand that Jesus is about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. And he is the ruler in and of himself. So even that desire from James and John in that Mark passage would help us to understand that there are wrong motives And that wrong motives that we have are our own desires. And he speaks to that idolatry in our heart. The other part of those wrong motives has to do with indifference. And here he helps us to understand that a part of our desires is indifferent to other people, indifferent to their needs, indifferent to what they might have to have in their life. Our focus in that indifference is on ourselves. So he would say to us that indifference that is a part of our desire, that our passion is being spent on us. It's being spent on what we want versus the kingdom and what God wants, how God wants to move and work in our lives. Now, in that indifference, it really does drive and dominate our actions because our indifference leads us to have actions that result in what's best for us. And James is trying to speak into that. He's saying that's what's causing these wars, these struggles, these conflicts, because it's your passion, it's what you want, and the indifference to the needs of others, the indifference to what's going on around us, even the indifference to our sin is the wrong motive that we're dealing with. So he's saying these wrong motives have to do with the idols that are the desires of our heart, the indifference that dominates the actions that we have. And then third, the inconsistent lifestyle that destroys our influence. Now, a part of all that James has been saying up to this point, whether he's been talking about impartiality, whether he's been talking about how we use our tongue and talking about others, how we think about wisdom from a spiritual versus earthly perspective, finds itself in this understanding of consistency of our life. How are we going to live out who Christ is in us? That's what he's asking. How we live that out in such a way that when we are in conflict with others around us, the wrong motives when we come to God, when we are praying, when we're asking God for things, is driven by the motives of our hearts. The idolatry that's in us, the indifference that is in us, the inconsistencies that come out of our life. And these are hard things for us as believers. These are hard things for us to understand. But it comes from an understanding of our relationship to who Christ is in us. As much as James gives the wrong motives, he comes into the next part of this passage by giving 
the right motives, the right motives to help us deal with our problems. All the problems, all the conflicts, all the struggles have to do with how we understand the right motives that he gives to us. So with your Bible in front of you, we look at this passage and we begin to see what he's talking about to lead us into the right motives. If you look again to James chapter 4 and in verse 6, he tells us he gives more grace because God opposes the proud And then in verse 10, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. So the first right motive that I want to mention today is a humble life full of grace. Now, that might be hard for us to understand, but he opposes the proud. So his desire for us to have the right motive is a humble life. And a humble life is one that brings itself lower than those around us. The idea of humility, the idea of bringing ourselves lower is what that word really means. We bring ourselves underneath another person. Is that difficult for us? Man, you bet. Is that hard for us to bring that place where we might put others above us or before us? Of course it is. And James knows that. But he gets at the very heart of this coils and problems and division, and even at the heart of God not responding. So when we talk about the idea of being on speaking terms with God, it starts when we have humble hearts that are full of grace, understanding that God's mercy, God's grace to us is unmerited. It's not something we deserve, but yet God has given to that. Now, that is the truth of salvation, That is the truth of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the understanding that the forgiveness that comes from him for our salvation is not something that we do, but something that he has done for us, something that he has accomplished through his life, through his death on the cross, and through his being raised from the dead. And that humility of grace should be coming out in our lives. It should be driving us instead of our idolatries or our indifference or our inconsistencies. What drives us is this humility that comes out of the grace that we find in him. That is a right motive for him to respond to our prayers. The second thing that he tells us in this passage, and you can look with me to that in James chapter 4, when we look at the first part of verse 7, he says to us there that submit yourselves therefore to God. The word submit here has the idea of seeking after or pursuing God. So it's not just bringing ourselves under God, but it's a pursuit of what the Lord is doing. It's a pursuit of how he changes our life. Isn't that a great word? How we pursue him after we go after him. So it's not a passive word. It's not the idea that I'm submitting, that I'm just laying down, that I'm doing nothing. Man, it's just the opposite. It's the idea that we're pursuing righteousness in our life. We're pursuing the things of God so that we might be like Christ. It changes then our focus of idolatry. It changes our focus of indifference. It changes our inconsistencies so that when we come to the Father and we're praying about issues and problems and situations in our lives, in our families, in our nation, in our church, he responds because we are pursuing after him. 
We are seeking him. We are seeking heavenly wisdom, as he told us in chapter 3. That is good news for us. That is so helpful for us to understand that as we have these right motives, as we, are, as we are on speaking terms with God, it comes out of our pursuit for him. Oh, and there's so many things about how we might pursue him, being in his word, hearing from him as he speaks to us through the Bible, spending time and devotion to him, being able to live a lifestyle that is actually imitating Christ in us. Those are good words that James gives to us. But he doesn't stop there. Not only is he dealing with the idea of a humble life full of grace or a submitted life before the Lord, he's talking about a resisting life against the devil. In this passage, he has made it very clear that the evil one is at work. The conflict, the spiritual battle, the spiritual conflict that's in our life, in our nation, in our church, all around us. It is so real. If we can only see into the heavenlies of all that's happening there, I believe we would be astounded by what we see. Yet James tries to help us to understand that our role inside that as followers of Christ is resisting the devil, resisting the evil one. And the word that he used is for, for resisting is turning away, but not just turning away, but actually fleeing or running from. That's the idea that he gives here. That our responsibility is not stand up to the devil because the Lord himself has done that. He has conquered sin and death for us, right? The victory is in Jesus. The victory is in Christ and Christ alone. Our responsibility when we see the evil one is, as he would say, turn away and flee and run. Get away from it because it can ensnare us and trap us, as he's actually told us in the first chapter about temptation. But here he says, if we're going to be on speaking terms with God, it's going to be as we resist the devil, as we are resisting the life that is against him, and we're running away from that, and we are submitting our life before him, we're humbling ourselves in the grace that we find in him. And then he goes on to tell us, in the next verse, in verse 8 and 9, he is going to help us to understand, that's all in the understanding of a repentant life that brings forgiveness. You see, James is going to move us to the place where we get into right relationship with God. And that happens as we are confessing our sin, as we confess our idolatry, as we confess our indifference, as we confess our inconsistency. Look, if you will, to verse 8 where he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Oh, that is a great word of relationship that God wants us in that place that we should cleanse our hearts, purify, our, cleanse our hands, purify our hearts, be wretched and mourn. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. Why? Because it has to do with a repentant life, a life that brings it under submission, humility to the grace that we find in Christ, in Christ alone. You see, as we desire to be on speaking terms with God, as we desire to ask and to receive, it comes about when our lives turn away from all the wrong motives and turn toward him, the one who loves us, the one who forgives us, the one who cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's why we can celebrate Christ today. Would you join me as we pray together? Eternal God and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love to us the grace that we find in you, 
the understanding of repentance that we find in you who love us so very much that gave Christ to die on the cross to raise from the dead so that we might have relationship with you and be on speaking terms with the God of this universe. For that, we give you praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.